Hello, and uh, welcome to the CDO Magazine interview series. I am Sri Ram Podakuchi with uh, Republic Services. Uh, today, I have the pleasure of uh, speaking with uh, Seth Rao, who is the CEO of First Eigen. Uh, and I will turn it over to you, Seth, to introduce yourself and, and your organization and what you guys do. Thank you, Sri Ram. Uh, I'm uh, Seth Rao. CEO First Eigen, we are based out of Chicago. And our singular focus as a company is in creating a data trustability platform. Uh, there has been a huge growth in the volume of data that's being collected, the number of platforms that are being used to store, process, and move the data. And uh, the end result of all of this is a complete lack of trust at the point of data consumption, because errors creep in uh, and it's unclear where it comes in. Is it the ETL process? Is it the source? Is it the storage? Um, and with large errors, the data is untrusted and therefore the decisions are pretty bad. So our focus as a company has been to take a very laborious process, use AI ML and automate it. And we work uh, with lots of different you know, partners. Uh, we have been recognized by Gartner, IDC, Eckerson, GigaOM, and others. Um, and we are agnostic to a vertical. We work with companies in financial services, in banks, pharmaceutical, retail, manufacturing, uh, healthcare, streaming, um, and so on and so forth. Thank you. Thank you for that introduction. Just let's just jump, jump right in. Um, and let me start with the first question. Uh, in your experience, what are the common risks that organizations should focus on with respect to data? So the most common uh, challenge that people have is the inability to trust the data, not only at the endpoint, but throughout the pipeline. That is a huge risk because that translates into multiple bad decisions, whether you're making supply chain decisions or a mortgage decision or simple financial allocation decision or sales investment decision, whatever it is. So the most common risk is the inability to trust the data anywhere in the pipeline. Okay. Uh, how, how can organizations assess the risk associated uh, with the data and the impact it may have on um, decisions and and and, um, and and general business activities. Fantastic. That's a that's a good question. So unless you can measure and quantify, you can never solve a problem. So the very first starting point is how do I measure it? So in order to measure if my data is trustable, you have to measure data trust score at every point in the data pipeline. Now, the data trust score is the equivalent of a currency for data. So if I give you $20 and you can't say what it's truly worth, will you be able to do business with me? Can't. Right. And on a larger scale, will the economy function? It can't. Mm -hmm. So that's where we are right now. So measuring data trust score 
has been very, very laborious so far. So companies have avoided even attempting to do it. It typically takes four to eight weeks for a data table just to calculate and set up the metrics. So an average mid-sized company, you can say, typically deals with about over 5,000 tables. So that translates into 400 years of work just to set up data, trust, metrics, and monitors, which is very, very laborious. So uh, the very first thing people must do is figure out a way to automate that process. What do you what data trust? That's a that's that's a that's a very interesting, um, very interesting way to look at it, right? How do you? What is a good data trust score, and how do you? Um, how do you establish? You know, even metrics mm-hmm. around data so, trust. It's a great point. So. If so, data trust score is not a fixed number. So it is, uh, let's say you are a burger company mm-hmm. and you're managing the trustability of your supply chain data. Mm-hmm. I would hazard a guess and hypothesize that if you have a few burgers extra in the shelf, you should be okay. It's not going to kill you, kill your business. You're going to survive. Mm-hmm. So you might be open to saying, I can have a data trust score for this particular use at let's say 80%. I'm willing to say with 80% confidence, I can trust this data. Now, if you're an accounts payable part of the same burger company, you are not gonna be happy with saying, I'm 80% certain I owe this guy this much money. You probably are gonna say, I need a 99.99% certainty. I don't wanna be paying out extra money. Right. So the data trust score is an indicator of where the data is mm-hmm. comparison to where it has always been. Mm-hmm. If you're a successful company and you've been doing some functions pretty well, mm-hmm. if I look at your historical data trust score, you could say, seems like I will survive if my data trust score is at 80 to manage the supply chain of the burgers. Mm-hmm. But then you could always come in and say, I want to get better at it. I want to reduce my cost. I want to have a greater control of my inventory and uh, vendor management. I'd like to increase the data trust score further. So your baseline could be 80, but you could start going up. Mm-hmm. And of course, if you are the finance uh, arm of the same company, you probably want to make sure it is at a very high level even to begin with. Okay. Now that's great. So it, it's there is no one trust score. It depends on the type of business activity and the function, right? Yes. And and good in some cases is good enough, but in some cases you want the trust to be really high because that has an impact, potential impact to operational activities or or the bottom line. And that's what yeah, you're saying. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. That's good. How, how do you, um, what can organizations do? Like top three things they can do to, um, establish better trust in data? The way I would think about this is um, uh, imagine the control room in a nuclear plant. They don't wait to see if a core meltdown is happening to declare that we are operating successfully because that's too late at that point. Mm-hmm. They are monitoring the pressure, the temperature, and the radiation levels in every pipeline mm-hmm. throughout the day, every second. 
If you control that, you will not have a meltdown in the end. Unfortunately, right now, because the processes have traditionally been very laborious, uh, companies are doing the equivalent of looking for a core meltdown. Mm -hmm. And what happens is in the end, you end up paying large fines to people or you send out an apology letter to your customers saying, I'm very sorry, I overcharged you or, or whatever else it is, right? So that's the equivalent of a core meltdown. The consequences of that are too high. So the very first thing that any company must do is they have to start monitoring underlying processes or pipelines. Success in the results comes from success in the underlying process. The results are a lag indicator. Monitoring the process is the lead indicator. Mm -hmm. So a successful uh, you know, a data governance program is one where uh, you know, the amount of dark data in your company is reduced. Currently, 90% of every company's data is dark data. Mm -hmm. Dark data is basically unmonitored, unvalidated uh, data, and it is at risk. Mm -hmm. And the impact is quite pervasive. Dark data is consumed by so many groups in so many different ways that people make bad decisions even, and they don't even realize it. Mm -hmm. So step number one is deploy trust monitors everywhere in the pipeline. Get the dark data to less than 20%. So that's the mechanical part, mm -hmm. right? And the second important thing is a cultural change. Uh, people, what we have seen is that still think very traditionally. Uh, they are still thinking it's laborious, therefore I don't want to do it. Um, therefore, the less I do, the less work for me. So that's step number two. Step number one is establish the monitors. Step number two is culturally people have to start asking uh, for data trustability. Mm -hmm. And uh, step number three is to pay attention to what the data is saying to you. Mm -hmm. Often the errors in data could be a result of inherently the market itself changing, transactions are changing, people are changing, and the behaviors are changing, and therefore your data is dynamic and changing. Or it could it could be an error within your data pipeline. So either way, you as a company have to be aware of what is causing the change. Mm -hmm. So those would be the top three things I would say. You know, establish monitors, trust monitors throughout your pipeline, have a cultural. Uh, 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 you know, change the culture of uh, the organizations to be more data-centric, paying attention to the trustability of data. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, uh, of course, uh, start tracking it and paying attention to it. So, you know, you truly know when you uh, when the data has changed or when there is an error in data. Okay, fantastic. You said data governance, but before, I'm curious, before we hit data governance, um, where would you like in the top three things that you mentioned, where we, would you put the accountability uh, as part of the culture or, or where would the accountability fall in the, in the, in the whole process in your view? Right, right, right. So uh, I want to go back to the nuclear power plant example. Sure. So who is accountable for making sure you don't have a nuclear meltdown? Mm -hmm. Is it okay for the guy on the floor to say, hey, not my problem? Somebody else sitting 20 levels above me is going to be responsible for that. If that is the attitude, then you will have a nuclear meltdown at some point very soon, right? And unfortunately, the problem we see today uh, is that the accountability is very unclear. Mm -hmm. But in reality, everybody should be responsible for asking about the risk of data. Mm -hmm. Everyone is a stakeholder in some way. Right. If you are in a nuclear plant, you are a stakeholder, whether you like it or not. You could be the janitor, but you're still the stakeholder mm -hmm. of that plant working successfully. Mm -hmm. So 
if it's a business like let's say finance or the sales or the operations, they are stakeholders so that they don't make bad decisions. Mm-hmm. If you're in IT, you are also a stakeholder because if the data is incorrect, you're firefighting. You're doing double the amount of work. You sent through wrong data and then you're now trying to fix the wrong data. And that wrong data has cascaded into a whole bunch of different systems and you're going through all the systems and fixing all of it. You're doing double and triple your work. It's a lot of firefighting, unnecessarily, right? So you are also a stakeholder. The risk teams, they're also stakeholders because they can now be confident that they truly understand the risk underlying the organization. And that's big if you're a bank or an insurance company or any uh, financial services organization. So Mm -hmm. truly, every person is a stakeholder. But right now, the accountability has is so diluted and so dispersed, it's unclear to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of our customers, what we have started seeing is that uh, when the IT team sends the business team uh, data, uh, the business team actually asks the IT team, has the data gone through data buck? Mm-hmm. Can I trust this data before I make financial decisions? Mm-hmm. So... What is happening is that a cultural change is setting in, right? The IT team adopted it. The business team has begun to like it. They have seen that less hassles. So Mm -hmm. over time, the culture is slowly changing. But truly, everybody is responsible uh, for good data throughout the organization, throughout the pipeline. Okay, that's a great point. The accountability pervades every step uh, in the process, right, Is, is, is is sort of the theme. With that, thank you so much, uh, Seth Rao, for joining me today. Uh, Please visit uh, cdomagazine.tech for additional interviews.